I'm going to read uh, just a couple of verses here from 1 Samuel. We have been looking at the life of David and basically his relationships with certain people and or his interactions with them, I guess we could say. And we talked about David and Perez on Sunday morning and David and Goliath on Sunday night. And yesterday we spent a little while with David and uh, Jonathan. This will be a little bit different approach, but we'll... I'll read you the scripture and we'll pray and we'll just preach what the Lord's put on our heart. 1 Samuel 22 and verse 1, David therefore departed thence. And I want you to notice this word that's coming up. David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave Adullam. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. And everyone that was in distress and everyone that was in debt and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him, and he became a captain over them, and there were with him about 400 men. Let's pray a moment. Father, we love you. We thank you for loving us. I'm greatly in need of your help, Lord, to preach. And I pray you'd give me what I stand in need of, that you might help your people. And Lord, someone that's listening today here in the auditorium or over the radio or over the internet that may find themselves in the place that we're going to talk about in a moment, I pray that you'd help them. Lord, we need a lot of help. And you, we have found you to be such a helpful God and a helpful Savior. So we ask you to help somebody today by the preaching of the Word of God. And we'll thank you for it. Get glory unto yourself. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now in this passage of Scripture, David is again a wonderful picture of the Lord Jesus. And we could go into that and spend a little time with it, but I, I was reading this passage and I noticed this first part of verse 1. David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave. And I want to preach about David and this cave for a few moments. And I want to preach about living in a cave. Sometimes when I think of this passage, I want to call it, there's someone in my space, someone invading my space. David is trying to get away. We notice the word escape. David's not going to the cave for a vacation. David's not going to the cave because he wants to go sightseeing. David's trying to get away from what is troubling him. And because he's trying to get away, he's going to find a place where he'll feel safe. And that place is a cave. The only problem with finding your safety in a cave is what a cave is and what it's like. Let me tell you what I mean by that. A cave is always telling you lies. It's telling you your life will be better if you shut yourself away. But all there is in the cave is darkness and dampness and cold. A cave shuts out your light. The only light you're going to find in a cave is artificial. There's no real light there. There's no true light. The cave stops your listening. It closes off your ears from everything that is going on outside. A cave stifles your living. The air is heavy. 
hard to breathe in there. The cave steals your liberty because unless you're headed for the door, every direction you turn, you're going to find a wall. And the cave strands you in loneliness. But I find that people sometimes when they're hurt, sometimes when they feel as though they're under attack, here's what they do emotionally. They find themselves a cave and shut the world out. Shut out everything around them because they've been hurt and they don't want to get hurt anymore. I don't want to be, try to be psychological. I don't know a thing about it. But I've noticed in my life people living in a cave. I remember one time at a church as a young man, and uh, it's a church I've gone to for years and years. I've known the young man. I had a, a part in his wedding. And I, I came to the church one time to preach revival. And when I came, I, I, uh, we were staying in a hotel. We drove to the church for the service. And when I got there, we usually get there an hour before the service or so. And we came in, and I noticed his family came in, but he didn't come in the door. So I thought, perhaps he's not there. So uh, the service went on, and after the service, I saw his family go out. And the next night, same thing happened. His family came in, uh, but I did not see him. And so I said, I said to his father-in-law, I said, where's so-and-so? Why isn't he coming to the meeting? He said, oh, he's here. I said, well, I haven't seen him. He said, he's out in the truck. I said, he's out in the truck. I said, I, I never saw him come in. He said, well, he was in the service. You just didn't see him. I said, well, when did he come in? He said, same time he always comes in. He'll drive, bring his family and park in the parking lot. He'll stay in the truck and send his family in, and they'll go in, and they'll fellowship, and he'll stay in the truck. And then when he hears the music and knows that the service has begun, he'll sneak in the back and sit in the back of the church. And then when the service is about to get over and we've bowed our heads to pray, he'll slip out and he'll go out and sit in the truck. He won't talk to anybody. He won't fellowship with anybody. You know what he was doing? He's living in a cave. He found himself a place where I, I, I don't know what had been going on. I don't know what the problem was. I don't know what had happened. I just knew he was living in a cave, escaping, trying to get away from everybody. You say, preacher, what did you do? I went out there. He tried to stay in the truck so he wouldn't have to deal with anybody. So I went out there and made him deal with me. And I wasn't hard on him, and I, I wasn't angry with him, and I, I wasn't upset with him. I just went out there and leaned in the window and talked to him. We, just, we didn't talk about anything special. We didn't talk about anything deep. We didn't talk about anything that was earth-shattering. We talked about the weather. We talked about the truck. We talked about his job. What, you know what I was trying to do? I was trying to minister to him in the cave. A lot of folks have bus ministries. A lot of churches have prison ministries. But what I'd like to see this afternoon, that God has a cave ministry. God would like to deal with you in your shut-up place. God would like to deal with you in your escaping place. God would like to deal with you when you backed out of life and tried to shut everybody off so that you could be safe. God would like to visit you and deal with you there. And he's going to do that with David in this particular portion of Scripture.
David here is, is running. He, he has been hurt. He's been hurt by Saul. He's been hurt by others, not just Saul. We'll talk about that. But he's found himself a place where he feels safe, and he has shut himself in there. As a matter of fact, there are three times in the book of Psalms where the psalmist reminds us about David hiding in a cave. The first one is Psalm 142. The superscription says this, Masculine of David, a prayer when he was in the cave. And it's interesting what Psalm 142 sounds like. Let me read some of it to you. He said, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. With my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before him. I showed before him my trouble when my spirit was overwhelmed within me. Then thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I walked have they privily laid a snare for me. I looked on my right hand and behold, there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No one cared for my soul. I cried unto the Lord and I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutions, for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about, for thou shalt deal hardly, uh, or deal bountifully with me. So here is David, and in Psalm 142, when he's writing about the cave, here is his conclusion in the center of the psalm. He said, I looked on my right hand, behold, that there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. No wonder he's hiding out. No wonder he shut off the world. No wonder he's staying away. There's another passage of Scripture, Psalm 57. Uh, the Bible said to the chief musician, Alasith Misham of David, when he fled from Saul in the cave. Now he'll sound a little better in this one. Be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. I will cry unto God most high, unto God that performeth all things for me. He shall send from heaven and save me from the reproach of him that would swallow me up. Selah, God, shall send forth his mercy and his truth. My soul is among lions, and I lie even among them that are set on fire, even the sons of men whose teeth are spears and arrows, and their tongue a sharp sword. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have digged a pit before me in the midst whereof they are fallen themselves. Selah, but then he gets, he's getting a little better now. My heart is fixed. Oh God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. Awake up my glory. Awake psaltery and harp. I myself will awake early. I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing unto thee among the nations. For thy mercy is great unto the heavens and thy truth unto the clouds. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. But did you hear what he said? They've spread nets for me. They're trying to destroy me. They're trying to persecute me. No wonder David's found himself in a cave. There's one more passage. I'll read it to you and then I'll preach if the Lord will help me. Psalm 34, a psalm of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech. Now that's what happened just before we get to Psalm 22 or, or 1 Samuel 22. Who drove him away and he departed. Now listen to what the Bible said. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me, delivered me from all my fears. 
They looked upon unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord escapeth or encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Oh, hear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to hurt uh, to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life, loveth many days, that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil, thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil, do good, seek peace, and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from off the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that have a broken heart, and saveth such as be a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. He keepeth all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust him shall be desolate. Now wait just a minute here. How in the world all three passages are about being in the cave, but how in the world do we go from no man cared to my soul? Uh, How do we go from that to many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all? How do we get from there to here? You know, if you go to that church I'm talking about, that I spoke about a moment ago, you know where you'll find that young man the next time they have street, uh, a service? You'll find him leading the singing. You say, preacher, what happened? The Lord ministered to him in his cave. I want to talk to you about the Lord's cave ministry for just a few moments. There are three things I want to say to you. And if today you're listening in the auditorium or over the radio or on the internet, and what you've done is you've just shut yourself up. And you've just said, I'm not going to let anybody hurt me. I'm not going to let anybody get close to me again. I'm not going to let anybody affect my life. I don't ever want to go through that again. I want you to listen to what happened in David's life. I want to say to you, first of all, this afternoon, in your cave, the Lord would like to dress your wounds. He'd like to come where you are and pour in some healing oil on those wounds that have caused you to lock yourself away. So, preacher, how do you know that? Well, I find it in the text. Let's read it again. David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave of Dulam. Now, listen to what happens. And when his brethren and all his father heard it, they went down thither to him. Now, I don't know if David wanted to see them. I don't know if David was interested in a visit from Eliab. You remember, we talked about him once already. You remember that Eliab had attacked David. He had slandered him. When David went down and Goliath was there and his father sent him down and all he was doing was what his father told him to do. He's just being obedient and a servant. And he shows up and they start talking about Goliath and David wants to hear what's, what's going to happen. And they say, well, this is what will happen to the man that kills Goliath. And David said, now, now tell me about that again. And Eliab looks over and he sees David and he says, he says, uh, with whom hast thou left those, uh, the way he said it, those few sheep, as though David couldn't be trusted with very many sheep. 
With whom is thou left those few sheep? As though David's job wasn't very important. With whom is thou left those few sheep? And then he said, I know the naughtiest of thine heart to see the battle. That's why you've come. David looked at him and said, he had one response. He said, is there not a cause? He said, I came for a reason. There's a cause here. We've preached on that time and time again. But I look at that and I'm thinking to myself, his own brothers have not treated him well. Even before Saul started after him, he had trouble with his brothers. And then I, I thought about this. Not only have his brothers slandered him, but it, it might be that his father slighted him. Because when Samuel came down to the house of Jesse and wanted to see the boys, he never sent for David. He never said, you know, I got one that's not here. Let's wait till I get that last one here. He let Samuel go through the whole thing until Samuel said, is this all of them? And then Jesse said, well, I got one more. It's almost so I can hear him say, well, I got one more, but I think you'd be interested in him. I got one more. He just ruddy and of a fair countenance, and, and he just young, and he just with the sheep, and he don't know any better. I don't think you'd be interested in him. So perhaps his father slighted him. Perhaps his brethren, we know they have slandered him. But watch what happens. The predicament that he gets in seems to heal that offense and that trouble. I don't know if David wanted them to come. I don't know if he invited them to come. The Bible doesn't say he did. All it said was they heard about the trouble that David had and apparently when they heard about it, his father put behind him anything, that any animosity that there was and the brothers put behind any animosity they had and said, you know what? Our little brother needs us. He's in a time of trouble. We're going down where he is. You know what God does sometimes? God sometimes cures one affliction with another affliction. He cures one problem with another problem. You know what this problem did? It put David and his family back together. Oh, they're down there in the cave. They're down there in the doolum, but they are together. You say, well, preacher, I've been hurt once. I don't want to be hurt again. You know what? That next hurt might just be the hurt that puts your whole life back together. That next trial might just be the trial that takes all your problems and puts you on the victory side of them. Don't lock yourself away in a cave. Don't shut your yourself off from life, that next thing that comes down the line might just be what straightens out your difficulties. God wants to address some hurts and help you with your wounds. Here's the second thing I think God would like to do in your cave. God would like to dispense some hope when you're in the cave. Not so much maybe hope for you, but hope for those that meet you down there in the cave. Now watch what the Bible says. And everyone that was in distress and everyone that was in debt and everyone that was discontented, these people are in trouble. Watch what they do. Gather themselves unto him. I don't think David sent out any notices and said, hey, if you got trouble, come see me. I don't think David sent a crier out and said, I found me a safe place down at Adullam. 
Come and see what I'm up to. But they heard about this boy who was having trouble, and they said, you know what? Let's go down there where David is. Let's go down that cave of Dulem. Let's get involved with David. Now you think about that. They are in distress. That means they're in a narrow place. They are in debt. That means that they there's an implication that they that they are uh, owe something to someone, and somebody's going to exact that debt, and they are disconsented. The word means, or contented, the word means to be bitter. It means to be angry. It means to be upset. So you've got here, here's who's coming. The, and I'm looking at this, I'm saying, this ain't what David needs. Was, is that how you would have dealt with David's trouble? Would you have said, you know, I got this church member, they've shut them off from the world. I'm going to pick, I'm going to go through the church, find out everybody, everybody that's in debt and everybody that is discontented and everybody's distressed and send them by their house. Is that what you do? No, I know, and you know why? Because you don't understand the cave ministry like God does. And so God says, I'll tell you who I'm sending down to David. I'm sending everybody I can find that's bitter. They're angry. I'm, I'm going to find everybody I can that's in distress. They're in a narrow place. I'm going to find everybody I can that's discontented. Uh, and I'm going to send them right down there to Dave. And I'm going to have them invade that cave and go in there. And David may be standing at the door saying, hey, get back. What are you doing here? But they're going down there for a reason. And you know what that reason is? They want, he wants David to know that David is not the only one with trouble. David is not the only one facing difficulty. David's not the only one that's ever had his heart broken. There are heartbroken people everywhere. There are people in trouble everywhere. You say, preacher, nobody's ever hurt like me. Oh, friend, there's people everywhere that's hurt like you. There's people everywhere been broken like you. There's people everywhere with trouble like you. And if you shut yourself off, you'll get to thinking you're the only one that has ever faced what you face. But oh, what a bomb there is. <laughs> what a bomb there is is to find out somebody else has been through the trouble and somebody else has been through the trial and God's been good to them. Maybe God will be good to me too. Don't shut yourself up in that cave. But if you do, don't be surprised when God sends somebody down just like you to invade your space. Not only did he need to learn that there were others who had the same trouble, he needed to lean, learn to think of more than just himself. Selfishness is a terrible thing. You know, the, the world tells us learn to love ourselves. Why do we have to learn something we were born knowing how to do? We've loved ourselves best since the beginning. Just nod your head. That's our problem. The world says our problem is low self-esteem. I haven't met anybody like that. Have you? So I said, well, I know so-and-so. They hate themselves. No, the Bible said no man ever yet hated his own flesh. Now, you may dis be disappointed because you didn't reach the goals that you set for yourself, but your disappointment is not because you hate yourself. It's because you're not living up to what you think you should be or could be. It's got nothing to do with hating yourself. No man ever yet hated his own flesh. 
But we get this all thrown at us all in the world. You know, uh, you know uh, this self-esteem and build yourself up. The Bible doesn't warn us about low self-esteem. It's that each man esteem others better than himself. God doesn't warn us about thinking too highly of our, or thinking too lowly of ourselves. He warns us of thinking too highly of ourselves. But that's the world's, that's the world's, that's their mantra. Love yourself, love yourself. And here's what happens. The result of that is uh, my thoughts and my emotions all get turned inward and all I ever think of is myself and I forget there's a world out there and that there are others out there and I'm going to tell you if you live for self you're going to reduce your world to a mighty small circumference there isn't going to be much to your world so God God in his mercy said I think I'll invade David's cave and I think I'll send the folks that are just loaded down with trouble and David will learn not to just think of himself but to minister to somebody else and to help somebody else and he'll learn that he's not the only one that's ever been persecuted and hunted and chased down. If we could get past this old woe is me stuff. Poor little me. Nobody hurts like I hurt. Nobody's faced what I faced. There is no temptation taking you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Now, sometimes temptation means a solicitation to evil. Sometimes temptation means testing and trouble. We've all faced it. So God will put us together. I often think, in fact, I preached last week. I think it was last week I preached on the genealogy of Christ in Matthew and, and I've, in fact, one time I preached on that genealogy, and I preached on it at a at a, uh, a Bible college graduation. And I had, I may have done the wrong thing, Brother Harlan, I'm not sure. But I had all those fellas behind me. Some of them were getting their doctor's degrees, and some of them were graduating. And I got up, and I preached on the genealogy. And I said, you know what this is? You know what this is that we're reading here in this genealogy? It's kind of like me and the fellas behind me. It's a gallery of rogues. It's folks who are a bunch, they're just a bunch of folks in a mess. But Jesus came by where we were and saved us. If we could just keep that in our mind, the mess we were in before Jesus found us, we might not run to the cave every time our heart gets broken. So in the cave, God wants to dress your hurts. In the cave, God wants to dispense some hope. Not only will David get help by these folks showing up, but these folks showing up will get help by what God is doing in David's life. By the way, we saw in those Psalms, we saw different, it seemed to me, different emotion and attitude of David. I thought about some of the things that Psalm 34 said. It seemed like he was in a little better shape during that Psalm. And when those that came who, who were distressed, I thought of these verses. David could say to them, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Maybe those that were in debt, David would say, oh fear, oh fear the Lord, ye saints, for there is no want to them that hear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord 
Lord shall not want any good thing. Maybe those that were bitter, that life had been bitter to them. David would say from Psalm 34, 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. You know, all those things David could say to them. He might say, I learned this uh, down in the cave because you all came to me. God sent you to me and I learned these things to be true. There's one more thing God likes to do in his cave ministry. In your cave, the Lord would like to develop some soldiers. Because the Bible says in verse 2, and everyone that was in distress and everyone that was in debt and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him and he became a captain over him, and there were with him about 400 men. Now, wait just a minute here. Wait just a minute. I've been, I, you, read, you ever read about those mighty men? You ever read about what they did? One of them slew 800 by himself. One of them slew 300 by himself. One of them went down in a pit on a snowy day and slew a lion. One of them faced a, a, an Egyptian that was a goodly man, and later on in, the, in Chronicles we find out that he was over seven foot tall and had a spear in his hand and one of them went up against him with one just a staff in his hand and took away his spear and slew him and three of them broke through all the host of the Philistines and got David a little bit of water out of the well of Bethlehem just because they overheard him say if I just had a drink of that water and then they busted back through the Philistines again and brought him that water I'm going to tell you that's a pretty sturdy bunch that's a pretty sturdy army right there you said preacher where in the world <laughs> where in the world did David find such soldiers Hey, remember that the crowd that was distressed? Remember that crowd that was in debt? Remember that crowd that was discontented? Would you look at them now? The cave ministry has made a difference in their lives. Now they are the mighty men of David. Now they're doing exploits. Now they're doing things that make us stand up and take notice. I'm going to tell you down in that cave, God wants to develop you into a soldier of the Lord to do feats for the glory of God but you're going to have to let him work his cave ministry on you. You can't shut the door and say, no, God, no, 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 I won't hear it, no, I won't have it, no. You can't do that. You ever in a bus ministry and you knock on a door? You see a swing set out in the yard. There's a tricycle over there, and uh, here's a slide, and that's why you knocked on the door. Because you know there's children in there and you want to bring them to church here about Jesus. Some man comes to the door and you say, well, I'm from the Anchor Baptist Church or I'm from the Calvary Baptist Church or whatever church. And I, 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 we're running a bus route and we're, we're taking kids to church. And that man looks at you and said, you get off my property. You get away from my family. You just keep away from here. Don't you ever come in here again. He's shutting the door on the bus ministry. But if you get down there in that cave and get all wrapped up in yourself trying to shut the world out, when God comes by and wants to get in there and do work for you, don't you shut the door on him. Don't you say to him, no, I won't, I won't have it. No, I won't have it. No, I won't listen. No, I know better. Don't you do it. The reason God's come by is because he's got a cave ministry. and He wants to change your life. I got, I got a hint. I, I kind of have an inkling he'll come by again and again and again. But don't you keep telling him no. Here's what, when I read those Psalms, here's what it looks like David did when he was in the cave. 
he declared his hurt to the Lord. He said, Lord, here's my complaint. Here's what they've done to me. He didn't look at the Lord and say, oh, everything's all right here. He said, Lord, I'm broken. And they've laid a net for me and a snare. And you know it, you see it. He declared his hurt. And then he directed his heart toward the Lord. Because when you tell God how you hurt, what you're saying is, Lord, will you help me? Will you help me? And then he depended on the help that the Lord sent him. I don't read one time where he sent any of these people away. When his father came and his brethren, I don't read in this text where he said, I've had enough of you. When these distressed and in debt and discontented came, I don't read where he said, I've got enough trouble, I don't want you. He didn't push away the help that God sent him. And out of this short little portion in our Bible, and out of this backed up into a cave, hiding, remember what he went there for, to escape? Out of this, God brought something that changed all of Israel and that you and I have been preaching about and finding help with. Out of this, God changed some, some, some stragglers uh, out of Israel into a mighty army, and they took a boy. Who Out of this came this boy who was hounded and hunted by Saul and made him a soldier in Israel. Uh, put some, can I say this, put some grit in his backbone. It developed him to be the soldier that he became. All of this, God used it because God has a cave ministry. And when you shut yourself in there, God is not going to put up with it. He's going to keep coming by. I wrote this down kind of as an appendix or an addendum or something. I guess appendix is what they take out of here. It's an addendum. In the cave with your light shut out, Jesus wants to be your light. In the cave with your listening stopped, Jesus wants to speak to his sheep. In the cave with your living stifled, Jesus wants to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. In the cave with your liberty stolen, Jesus wants to set the captives free. In the cave, stranded in loneliness, Jesus wants to be that friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Now, I know where you are this afternoon. You're at Sherathon, and I know you're in the afternoon service, and I know you're sitting in the pew, but you could still be in a cave. You could still have shut off things around you and backed into your hiding place and closed the door. I remember I was preaching at the First Baptist Church of Melvin, Michigan. Been a lot of years ago. There was a lady in the church whose baby had died. She got mad at God. She quit church. She wouldn't have anything to do with the people of God. Didn't want anything to do with God. But the ladies of the church, revival was coming up. So the ladies of the church kept going by her house. They'd knock on the door. they say, we miss you at church. We want you to come back. They'd, she'd shoo them away. But they just kept coming. They just kept coming by that cave, invading her space. And she kept running them off, telling them, leave me alone, leave me alone. They just kept on coming. They just kept on. So one day, we didn't know about it in this beforehand. One day she said to herself, we found out about it later. She said to herself, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get them off my back. 
I'm going to go to church one night. I'm going to come in after they start singing, and I'm going to leave as soon as they bow their heads, and they'll have to leave me alone because I came. But I'm not letting the singing touch me, and I'm not going to listen to what the preacher said. None of that. That was what she was going to do. So she came. She come in. I didn't know anything about it. She come in, sat down. We sang. She just sat there. I got up and preached. She just sat there. She did just exactly what she said. She's going, she going to let the singing touch her. Going to let the preaching touch her. I had them to bow their heads. We're going to close the service. When I, and I didn't see any of this at the first. I said, let's bow our heads and ask God to bless us as we go our ways. And I bowed my head, started praying. When I did, she got up and headed for the door. But when she got up and headed for the door, one of them dear ladies that kept going by her cave, one of them dear ladies got up and met her in the aisle and put her arm around her and said, we sure have missed you here. It was so good to see you in church. We're so glad you came. We sure have missed you. We sure love you. And when she said that in that in that aisle, when I looked up from saying the closing prayer, there's two women on their knees in the aisle weeping together. And that woman got her heart right and got back in church and serving the Lord. You know why? Because God has a cave ministry. That's why. You know what I'd like to be? I'd like to be involved in God's cave ministry. I don't want to give up on people because it looked like they've given up on me or give up on the Lord. I'd like to be involved in the cave ministry. I want you to bow your heads a moment. Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. You say, oh, preacher, you don't know how I've been hurt. No, I don't, but I know there's somebody been hurt just like it or worse. Spirit, you don't know what I've suffered. No, I don't, but I know there's somebody who's suffered like it or worse. And you've locked yourself in. You're going to let anybody touch you. You're going to let anything move you. I'm going to tell you it's going to get small in that cave and it's going to get stifling in that cave and it's never going to get better in that cave where you've shut yourself in. And God's going to keep coming by and knocking on your door. Why don't you just say, all right, Lord. You know better than I know. Come in and help me. And God can help you. He can change your life.